Hey. What's, hey. What's going on? Hello. Oh, hey. Oh, oh, hey. Didn't see you guys there. <laughs> what's up? Jimmy, you said you've been losing weight. <gasps> did I say that? You what? did say yeah. that. Why have you been losing weight, Jimmy? Because I'm going to go do a TV show. <laughs> TV! <laughs> so, the easiest way to lose weight is to get hired for a TV show. That's, that's uh, the older I get. I used to lose weight because I needed to be skinny just for, so I could fit in my clothes. And the older I get, it's, I, I guess now it's true. Now you can buy new clothes, right? Yeah, that's right. Now, um, with all that YouTube money, I just buy new clothes. But the, I, I believe it's true. The older you get, for me, the more difficult it is to lose weight. I guess your metabolism slows down. And, and your motivation. Uh, my motivation moves. And then also, you know, you work 15 hours a day and you just eat whatever's like within arm's reach, which usually is junk. But now, since I have chickens producing eggs and I have no excuse... I'm trying to have myself a well-balanced, eggy breakfast in the morning, maybe a little eggy breakfast in the afternoon, maybe a little oatmeal, and a little bit of protein, either turkey or something. And I've been really sticking to it. So the uh, Jimmy Jocko weight loss challenge has been kind of behind the scenes because I don't want to have a big mouth like I did over the summer. I lost 20 (laughs) pounds, and then I gained 10 back. So now I'm working on losing that 10 again in the next three days. So you think I can lose 10 pounds in three days? Um, Sounds totally be, reasonable. Be, be careful. <laughs> You're going to get the, uh, the the hair in a can for uh, yeah. those, those camera shots? I think so. I'm going to get, uh, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get a, a, a baseball cap with a ponytail sewed in the back. So <laughs> like a amazing. flea market vendor from the, night, the early 90s. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's uh, F- I don't from know the early '90s. From, flea mar- <laughs> from now, <laughs> I don't. I don't know uh, what I'm going to do about my hair. I guess I'll just buy some shoe polish on the way out to California. Let's see what happens. They won't let you wear hats. That, well, the 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 funny story. So, episode one of making it last time, they said no hats because brims create shadows. I hear that all the time from cameramen. And so we did the whole first episode without a hat. And then the, the, uh, the, the wardrobe girl comes in and goes, um, you can wear your hat for the rest of the show. I was like, oh, I guess they saw my bald spot too many times in the dailies. <laughs> she just came in and she goes, yeah, the, the people at MB. Because they, they always blame it up the chain. They, they, nobody ever takes responsibility. There's always like this mythical person that's you'll never meet the corporation. So they say, oh, NBC says you should wear the hat. And I said, okay, cool. I wanted the hat anyway. It's my security blanket. I mean, I'm just so used to having it on my head. And it's also because my eyes are sensitive to light. That's why I wear my sunglasses all the time, not only just to look cool, but to feel cool. (laughs) (laughs) And when I don't have my glasses and I don't have the brim of my hat on, I swear to God, I'm like a vampire. I just can't be outside. So if I misplace my sunglasses and I don't have them, at least I have the brim of my hat. That's the consolation. But without both of them, I'm I'm lost. I can't see anything. I don't want to see anything. I just keep my eyes closed when I walk around. And, That's a smart move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially in the shop. <laughs> uh, so this time around, I'm 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 probably going to be able to wear my hat. So I'm not overly worried. But last time there were a few scenes where they wanted me to take my hat off. Like there was a big finale scene which I didn't even watch. I was too embarrassed to watch it because I just didn't feel comfortable. I know when they shot it, I didn't feel comfortable and like everybody was celebrating and they wanted me to seem joyous and without a bandsaw in front of me, like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do. And uh, so I just, I knew I felt awkward. So I never watched that scene, but they said no hat. And Shay, the the makeup woman, she filled in my bald spot with like uh, crayons and 
and charcoal. You see like a giant piece of black construction paper on top of your head? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. It's a wide shot. They put a piece of lettuce on my head. No, Shay sprayed the back. She sprayed the back of my head. And uh, so I have no idea what that looks like. If anybody feels like trying to pull that up, you can do a screen grab and Instagram it to me. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny and uh so this time around i i've got notes from the producer uh one of the producers who said they want to try and use me more so i'm excited this time around to to try and uh you know show off some knowledge and help the contestants and it seems like they're still casting i i know there's a few people that have contacted me and they asked me what they should do and if anybody's listening who gets contacted by casting it seems they're really casting a very wide net I, I I can't say don't do it because then you'll know the outcome. You have you have no opportunities. But if you do it, it'll only increase your opportunities with anything you do. Maybe more viewership on your own channel or more popularity on Instagram. Or if you're quirky personality, you might just jump to the head of the line with everything, and you'll get your you know your Levi's commercial straight away. Who knows? But nothing ventured, nothing gained is is my motto. So. Yeah, I would say go for it, follow through, and uh, you know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time it doesn't work out, but at least you went down the path to be casted. So when the casting reaches out to you, it doesn't necessarily mean you have the job. There's like a bunch of hurdles to jump through. So a lot of people get contacted by casting, and they immediately say they want me on the show. I'm like, they they just want to talk to you and potentially have you on the show. They want to give you the opportunity to maybe be on the show if you meet all their requirements. So there's still a lot to go through after the phone call. And until that day they're shooting you, you really don't know if you're really on the show or not. And that could even change day two if you're there and all of a sudden you start going, humana, 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 humana. You know, <laughs> you get a free, free plane ride home. Months ago, I went through two phone calls. I went through one interview to see if I qualified for the second interview, which is confusing. But uh, it, it's weird. So it's all done through Skype now. And yeah. they they tell you to repeat the question because they're recording you and they're going yeah. to edit your video down into something that they can show then the third person down the line. And they're like, you know speak in in character and be happy and be enthusiastic <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was uh it was yeah they're basically they're, they're coaching you through your your audition yeah. tape yeah yeah it's a bit awkward I, I i found one of those for some tv show i did i did an interview for which never panned out i because i when i when they interview me i also record the call too just so i have it on record and i happened to find one the other day and Actually, the audio was in my notes on my phone. I'm like, oh, what is this from like a year ago? So I played it. And it was, a, it was a, an audition I was doing with some guy for some discovery show. And he could ask me a question. I just straight up answered. He'd be like, oh, please re- re- repeat the question. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, well, how did I learn how to build stuff? And then he did that every single time. I answered <laughs> the question impulsively. And then he reminded <laughs> me to answer the question. So I just, I was laughing through the whole thing for like 40 minutes. I'm like. I am totally not listening to directions. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> What's a weird way to talk? <laughs> it is, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty I, unnatural to to repeat the things that you hear. Because if you did that in in real life, like, how annoying would that be? Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, how, how you annoying? doing today? How am I doing today? Let me tell. <laughs> how you. annoying would that be? <laughs> well, that would be very annoying. And Jimmy wouldn't want to do anything annoying, right? <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Speaking of, we did have a couple of people figured out what the mystery sound was last week. Uh, oh, we did? <laughs> the straw. 
<laughs> straw in the lid. I, I, that is like one thing I'm always, there's a couple of things I'm always like in search of, like the best version of. And the best version of a straw squeaking on the lid of a coffee cup, by far Starbucks. The friction <laughs> of this, of that, that green straw going in and out of the, the mouth hole on the, the molded shape coffee cup lids makes the best violin sound. Huh. There's a yeah. there's a Beastie Boys song. I think it's from Check Your Head album where they do the the straw thing in the in the song. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god, that and that and a brand new Sharpie. Like when you twist a oh, brand yeah. new Sharpie inside the cap. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite sounds in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> and you ask Brett how annoying I am. We'd be driving. We drove to Kentucky once, and the whole time I have my elbow on the center console, and I'm just pulling and tugging on the straw in my Starbucks cup. <laughs> He's like, Note I'm to self, <laughs> never said, ride with Jimmy. <laughs> he said, I'm going to jump out of the window if you don't stop. <laughs> and then two seconds later, I'm just like, because I keep forgetting. Yeah, that's funny. So annoying, uh, David, habits. what have you been up to? How about I go last since it might lead into <laughs> what oh, we're going to talk about. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, actually, before I tell you what I've been up to. I think we should make a little announcement since Jimmy can't back out at this point oh, about yeah. Maker Fair. Oh, so did making I say it, I was going? Yeah, you said you did. You said it, and we heard you. Did wait, I say can I was we, going? Wait, are we confirmed? We, yeah, we're confirmed. Oh, we are. Yeah. Oh, I'm just finding out. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm on the advisory <laughs> board uh, f- for Maker Fair. Anyway, yeah, I've been talking to him, and uh, I asked them about us doing a live show at Maker Fair Bay Area, and they were super excited about it. And we'll probably put us on like the center stage or one of the big stages, so we can get a lot of people there. So basically, uh, we're deferring our make it making it 200 event thing to later. And in the meantime, we're going to meet up at Maker Fair, and. Uh, do a live show and hang out with everybody and answer questions and whatever. Oh, That's, I thought we were doing. I I thought you were confirming that we were doing two hundred at Maker Fair. That's why I was all excited. Well, doing, I mean, yeah, it's least, at the very least we're going to do a live episode okay. celebration with the fans. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? It's like yeah. three of us are going to be in a place doing a live show and anybody can come. The cool thing about doing it at Maker Fair instead of doing it just like picking a day in some city right, and going right. there is that a lot of people will already be there. Um, a lot of other creators will already be there. A lot of people who watch and listen and just want to right. go to Maker Fair will be there. Right. So I think so it's piggy, actually a better time to get together. Yeah. Piggy, yeah. Piggybacking on the event. Nice. Um, and the, the content creator stage at Maker Fair is getting better every single time. And part of what I'm doing with them is trying to help figure out how to make it better. Um, and so if you have if anybody listening has ideas about how to make that stage which is dedicated to people like us right it's the place where all of us are going to be talking and hanging out and stuff so if you have any ideas about how to make that better than it was in New York or Bay Area last year tweet those to me and make sure to tag Maker Fair in it yep. so that everybody can see it because they they really do want the feedback and they want to make it better so um, yeah, like Jimmy said, we're going to kind of piggyback off the event, take advantage of the fact that everybody's already kind of in one place. Not everybody, but, you know, West Coast people <laughs> will be uh, kind of in one place. And and then later on, maybe later in the year or early next year or something, we'll do another thing on the East Coast. Because we still have that option. 
we still want to do that at some point, but this is a pretty good stopgap to yeah. be able to yeah. at least at least get to hang out a little bit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. And I'll make uh I'll come up with a cool poster for that event. We'll come up with something fun. Sweet. If you guys want to, we can, can all contribute. The three of us can collaborate on a poster, and we'll make Ooh. it for that. Make a fair event, and then we'll yeah, even, cool. maybe even just a postcard because they're easy to carry around. Yeah, that might be like easier, I just did. Yeah. yeah, four by six. We'll come up with something fun. Uh, speak, speaking of the posters, the uh, posters that we did or that you did, Jimmy, that we all signed um, have all gone out except for the two. There were two people left, and I actually got one of their email or their mailing addresses today. So there's still one person out there who hasn't had their shipped and people are starting to getting, get them in and we've gotten yeah. a lot of Instagram pictures Very and cool. videos of them and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Very um, cool. And I also understand that a lot of the Patreon support is going away after they got their posters to be expected, but yeah. don't feel like just cause you got your poster, you got to like <laughs> turn <laughs> off the Patreon support. Uh, it does actually help us do the show and, Oh, uh, we didn't tell the... the oh, I'm joking. I was going to say something <laughs> stupid. I said, the people that hang around, they didn't know the secret that was coming after they hang around? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. the, they'll yeah. never know. Yeah. They'll never know the secret. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all that. Um, Maker Fair, you should go. After, it's awesome. After, after show. That's what you're <laughs> After, after, after. It'll be... We'll record it tonight. Be recording all day long. <laughs> I, and I wonder for Maker Fair if there's... You know, you talked about contributing. I wonder if the three of us could make something separately and then when they're together they create the the what's the the the, the transformer when the transformers all go mm. together and they make something right the, the big transformer. The fourth fourth dimension we could yeah. have uh build a little captain power situation or not captain power captain planet captain power is a different thing all right anyway back to what i was what i'm doing um i did nothing on friday and I know that may not sound like a big deal, but that's kind of a big deal for me. We came in here, and the three of us sat in the office, and we brainstormed some ideas, and then I just, like, sat there. And I was like, we're actually ahead. I don't feel the pressure to, like, just, we got to do something, you know, like, every 10 seconds. Um, we went and got lunch, came back and, like, just kind of leisurely cleaned up the shop, came up with some more ideas, and it was like mid-afternoon. We're like, I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> it was so weird to be ahead enough in content and to be comfortable to just be like, I'm not going to like sprint today. I'm just going to kind of take it easy. And, you know, we were still kind of productive. We didn't shoot anything, but we did some planning and some kind of engineering idea stuff. And it was just really weird. And it, at first it felt like we should be more productive, but then... I realized that it was actually pretty nice and probably good for everybody to take a break. Um, anyway, it just stood out to me as a weird day because it's not something I'm used to. But before that, um, <clears throat> we worked on a bunch of different stuff over, that's going to be coming out over the next month. Like We have the videos from March all shot and about half edited, which is pretty wild to be that far ahead. Um, I think the video that's coming out this week was supposed to come out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'll I tell you guys about the the built-ins with the drop-down screen. Do we talk about that? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, I did this a couple of weeks ago, and I've been waiting on sponsor approval stuff, and it kind of got pushed off. In our living room, we had these old built-in shelves that my grandfather had built when he built the house in 83. 
And so they were very dated, you know, they, the styling of like the trim and everything, it was all, he had a router and routed it all in place. So everything has like a round over with like a step on the front of it. And, you know, it's just, it was like a face frame that had been routed and it just looked really dated and it was made around a tube TV. So there was one section that was really deep, but it was pretty small, you know, as far as width and height. And, um, <clears throat> so when we moved in, I had like a 55 inch flat screen and that wouldn't fit there. And I took a Sawzall and cut out like a section of the shelves just to be the able grid. to put the TV in there. Yeah. And that just kind of like started ruining it. So anyway, um, not too long ago, we tore that all out, built a whole new set of built-ins, and it's sitting in this kind of weird place in our house where there's like a hallway behind these shelves. So it's almost like there's a wall with an opening in it, and he built the shelves in that opening where it should have been a solid wall. You can walk behind it, and there's space above it. It's kind of hard to describe. But basically, when I built these shelves, I pushed them back about four inches so that there's a gap in front of them at the top that you can see up behind this wall. And um, I got a motorized movie screen and put it up in that gap. So oh, when you're looking cool. at the front of it, it just looks like some shelves. And then you push a button and a screen comes down and covers the whole set of shelves. And we have this giant movie screen. Is it a roll down screen that yeah. gets projected onto? Oh, so yeah. it's like a roll down movie screen, not a, not a flat yeah. screen that comes from nowhere. No, yeah, it's a roll down, like a white screen. Nice. Um, but the sponsor for the video is a, a it's LG and they, they make this really awesome projector. So that was like, we got this great projector. Then we put on this big screen. And so now <laughs> it was so funny. We watched the first movie on it. I was kind of telling the kids about it, but I hadn't really shown it to them. And I was like, when we finish this, we're going to watch a movie and we're going to have a bigger screen or whatever. And then we got them all in there <clears throat> and I made the screen come down and you should have seen their faces. It was hilarious. Like their jaws were on the floor. They were just <laughs> Did like, you get what? that on camera? No, I didn't. Because <laughs> oh. it was like end of the day, you know, like finally it's done. I got to just try it out. And But anyway, so we've watched a couple of movies on this. All that to say, that video about building those built-ins is really what the video is about. Um, that should be out this week, hopefully. And it's a pretty standard set of built-in shelves and cabinets. You know, nothing, nothing crazy, but... Um, <clears throat> definitely something I think somebody could take and put in their own house, you know, uh, maybe not the movie screen part, but at least the shelves. So we've been doing that. And then a bunch of other things that will be out that I don't want to give away yet. That'll be out over the next month. Some pretty funny, pretty silly stuff. So hmm, cool. now David, what have you <laughs> I have, a, <laughs> so we have one of the, the motorized movie screens that comes down and, this addition to the house that was built and there's only one place in this big massive room where the screen can go and so it's right at the it's right above the fireplace and we got the motorized one so when we want to use the fireplace we can shoot the screen back up and it, it's hidden i want so badly to be able to use the the movie screen and the fireplace at the same time and i'm wondering if i can like build some sort of heat shield so the heat doesn't come up and, and melt the screen. I, but I don't know anything about heat and what what would work. And I don't know. So if anybody has any good ideas, like a, almost like something that kind of like a shelf above the fireplace, like right where right above where the fire would go, and kind of just a mantle. Like, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, there is a mantle now, but this would need to be stick out a little bit more and maybe have like legs that could just kind of scoot in front of the fireplace to direct the heat so it doesn't go up on the screen. I don't know. It's something mm. I've, I've thought about. Are you sure that there's enough heat coming off the top of it to actually damage the screen? Have you like mm. measured the temperature? Yeah, it's you know, that's a good question. I just the screen's so close to the fireplace that I just oh. assume, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people put TVs above fireplaces, and I've never really understood that because it seems like there would be enough heat coming out that would eventually maybe yeah. damage the plastic on the TV. Maybe not. I, I don't know. We have a TV above our. We have a second fireplace. We have a second fireplace. Uh, it's Hold a gas. It <laughs> yeah, it's a gas <laughs> fireplace, and I built a surround for it. And there's a TV on that. And when 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 I built that surround, I had the local gas company come out, and they told us the the recommended clearance. So there's got to be so much non-combustible above the fire, and then uh, then the, then there's so much wood, and then they recommend like between that non-combustible and the wood where a TV should actually. So, so there's a good, I forget how many inches, maybe 18, 20 inches between mm. where the fireplace is and the TV is. And it still gets warm, but it does not affect. It doesn't get hot. Mm. So, I know. Gotcha. Anyways, what am I working on? I'm le- releasing a video in 20 minutes on mm. making six-sided pencils, hexagon wooden pencils, solid wood. Uh, three years ago, I tried this before. And there was no easy, safe way to do the six-sided pencils. And so I made a little little jig with sandpaper. And, and it had sandpaper on two two of the angles. And I would just sand the angles in there. And Andrew Klein saw that video. And it inspired him to invent this jig. So you... Hmm. It, it's, it's super cool. So he's releasing the, his videos on this jig today. And it's going to be an Indiegogo campaign. And the way it works is you you cut your blanks and you glue your lead in there, and you have this little eight inch blank, and it fits into this jig, and it, it almost like a, a it has it has two centers, almost like a little lathe, and then you take a hand plane that rides on the rails of this jig until and you 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 plane down one face until it bottoms out and you don't get any more shavings, and then. There's a there's a knob on the one side of the jig that rotates and it has positive stops. So you then pl- hand plane the next the next yeah. side, and it's it's super cool. And you can make solid wood pencils that way, and they they come out fantastic. And so I have that video coming out of me using it, making some fancy pencils, and then Andrew's got a video that's introducing the jig. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's an Indiegogo campaign, so he's it's needs to be manufactured and. Uh, I'm kind of learning the the process of. I don't really have anything to do with it except I'm promoting it. Um, but it's kind of cool to see. Like he sent me the prototype, and I was using that, and I was like, "This works. This doesn't seem to work so well. Can this be changed?" And it was kind of cool to go through the the process of improving improving the jig. And so I'm really excited about this video and this this campaign. So that's that's what I'm working on. I'm looking forward to that. It's funny you just described, because I know we've been talking about this behind the scenes, but you never described how it works. And so I was creating my own version of it in my mind. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, the way you just described it, I'm like, oh, it's just dead simple. I wouldn't <laughs> have expected it to have positive stops every 60 degrees. Yeah. I was thinking of something that would cut two sides at a time. 
and then you turn it somehow and like you use those two sides as a as a, a match to oh to right. locate the next two sides that's yeah. just what i thought but i still didn't know how that worked that was just making an assumption in my mind so so andrew funny. has three videos that are coming out oh, one that's introducing the jig one where he makes a pencil out of pencils and then which is, is crazy uh think think of like the colored pencil guitar but he so he yep. makes pencils out of a bunch of colored pencils and then he's got another one of the process so he spent i don't know how long months maybe years like doing different versions of this jig and he had it he's been teasing it on his instagram but he doesn't say what he's actually doing on instagram so it's yep. just kind of like you're seeing andrew invent stuff and he's coming up with these ideas but you don't know what he's doing and um but there's there's been different versions of the jig where it works with the uh, the router table and uh, so it it just slides up against against the router bit but he would found that that there's too much flex in the pencil and if the pencil bounced at all up against that router bit it would it would shatter and then there was yeah. uh other versions i there may, maybe there was a table saw version i don't know but it was really cool like he's gone through like four or five different jigs and then once he found the one that works it's like four or five versions of that like he's a smart dude for sure yeah my brain doesn't Definitely. work like that my brain his brain works of like here's a problem how do i solve that my brain works in the way of i see this finished thing how do i make that that finished thing you know like I work visually and design wise, and he works in a in a problem solving state. And and Andrew just put out his his Vice Kickstarter for his twin turbo Vice just got funded in like one day. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I saw his Instagram this morning. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I I've seen like a quick video of that, but can you describe what that whole product is? Because I I don't know yet, and I'm sure other people may not know as well. So the, uh, the, uh, the twin screw vice. So I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm not an expert on vices. I just have a very simple vice on my bench. And so I think the problem with a lot of twin screw vices is the, the, the racking and the mechanism. Uh, and he came up with a problem to solve that. I, I'm speaking out of turn on that, and I don't really I, I, And know. I could be wrong. I remember seeing the video a while ago. Basically what it is, if you want to open the vice 10 inches, you just pull it to a different gear ratio, and you open it, it opens really quick. It's like makes it gotcha. like instead of tur- opening it up with 15 turns, it opens up at like four. And then when you want to close it, you push it back into that different gear ratio. So mm. the, the handle pulls and pushes, so it changes the gear ratio. So the screw goes in quicker, comes out mm. faster. You put it into low gear where you can get a lot more tension slowly. You get a lot more compression with a little bit more closing power. So that's how I believe it works. And that was when I saw the very first video on it. So I mean, somebody here can watch the... Uh, I can't go into Google because my, my call recorder reminds me that I'm going to screw up. So that's why I never do any research while we, while we would do this. But uh, maybe somebody could take a look at his, his Kickstarter while we talk. But yeah, I'll, that's how that works. I'll look at it. <clears throat> yeah. So this, kind of, this conversation is leading into just how... how all of us in this community have the opportunity to do product development and come up with new inventions. And uh, we had Jocko on last week and Jocko's knife is, is doing really well. And the most amazing thing about Jocko's knife, which I don't think people realize is the amount of development that went into this. This is this, I'm holding one in my hand right now. The amount of development that went into this and the subtleties that he was able to solve and put out 
within eight months. I mean, it was just the summertime. It's not even been a year. It's been less than eight months, maybe six months. He was here at the house when he set this Kickstarter off. I remember we were sitting at the table, which is just a few feet away. And he's like, that's it. I think he let me hit the like publish now button, if I could recall <laughs> correctly. And it's pretty cool. It, and he was panicked that he wasn't going to make $10,000 threshold that he set for himself. That would at least make the first so many number of knives. And of course, he blew through that by the afternoon and the next however many weeks, he far beyond his goal. And it's just, it's amazing how in this community, we could all support each other. We could all come up with an idea. It's a, an extremely level playing field. And, and, and in my personal experience, I developed the Ice Pick product because of the fans. I didn't see a product potential there. The fans did. And the fans just kept asking me to make them for them until one of my buddies, I can't remember who it might have been, I don't know, maybe it might have been Luis in Puerto Rico, said, just try and pre-sell 100 of them. And if they sell, then you make them. And that's how I got started. And that was because the demand from the fans, oh, remember that cool thing you made? Can you make me one? Can you make me one? So it's it's just it's it's just so uh, it's so available to all of us to develop a product. I mean, both of you guys. Like, do you guys have a product in mind? Something that you want to make, Bob? You must be thinking of something. I mean, I have some ideas, but I was I was actually just thinking while you were saying that that one of the reasons that I haven't done a product yet is because I don't make time to like really uh, allow myself to develop anything. So, and this is the same thing I've talked about a billion times, sorry to bring it up again, but I work at a pace and I've put myself in a position to work at a pace that I don't really have time for my mind to breathe, right? Like I don't, like I I would imagine with ice picks, that was something that you kind of started using years ago and you just found them and you got used to using them. And then you found, I use this thing, but it has a deficiency, right? It has like a thing you wanted, you wanted the ring on it or whatever the thing was that made it yours. And yeah. so, like, I haven't – I don't let myself fiddle enough with things to be like, oh, here's a problem I could solve. It's just like – I'm like, oh, uh, it's a problem. I got to go into the next thing. <laughs> and right. I, I, I need to figure out how to how to breathe a little bit more so that I can solve the problem to make a product because I would really like to. But I mean, and it's all yeah. – like, products, like a good successful product is just a little bit left of what with what we see on the regular basis. Like – Jocko wanted to make a knife. He was used to that Stanley knife that everybody carries. He just wanted to make one that was a little bit better, a little bit sexier. So, and he came up with this really cool mechanism that's just sexy. I'm playing with it now. And so it's right there. So, I mean, I love your notebook. I use your orange notebook all the time. And, you know, it's basically a moleskin, but there's something nice about the color of it. You know, it's just a little bit, it's a little bit left to center. There could be one thing. How do you hold the pen? You know, how would... Bob Claggett want the pen to be held or, you know, whatever it is. And Dave, you just came up with the, the poster, the conversion chart poster. What in a series of those is something that's useful? How can, you know, what in a series of quick things that we all need to go look up every day that we always forget, you know, what are those things that we need to constantly keep referencing? You know, what I think we all need and... You could use this idea. You could have this idea. You could have it. You, you could take all the money from this idea. I, 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 I'm too rich. I don't need this much money. Somebody, because we're an international audience now, somebody needs to make a quick reference chart for Celsius versus Fahrenheit. Because it doesn't convert. There isn't, it isn't like it's always 20 degrees apart. 
the scale changes. There's only like one point, like minus 50, where it's exactly the same. When like we can't like I talked to Laura or I talked to 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 Eric in Saskatoon, it's like it's like it's minus one hundred and forty Celsius. And like what does that mean in in Fahrenheit? I have no idea. You know, it's like oh my god, it's so cold there. It's twenty. I'm like no no, it's like forty. You know, so like, I don't know what the conversion is, and I always whip out my phone to see what the conversion is. But because there's no even like oh it's just add ten, it's not like that. The scales are different. So. Somebody make a silkscreen poster so I can hang it in my shop. So when I talk to my international bros and sisters, I can say, oh, it's cold there? Oh, well, it's only such and such here. Oh, that's like such. Now I can identify with you because it's such and such here. So there's an invention for everybody. So a quick reference chart. 1.8 times is the ratio between Fahrenheit and Celsius. So uh, now you know that number. (laughs) Yeah, you can do the math in your head, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, you 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 um you say I never heard it phrased that way. You said somebody invent a poster, and so it, it, to me that's not in, in, in inventing, but maybe maybe it is. So really good graphic designers have uh, a really good skill of taking information and putting it out there so it's digestible, it's nice to look at, and and makes sense. So. Are graphic designers inventors? I always told my students this because I wanted my students to feel like they're part of the three-dimensional aspect of life. So I tell my 3D class, which were mostly made up of 2D students, 2D learning students, you're inventors. You're inventors of images. You're inventors of objects. You're inventors of processes. You're inventors of style. So you got to think of yourself as inventors. And I think we all are that. I I mean, each one of us has our own style that we've invented, that people like. They want to come and see what we've invented or what we're going to invent today. Some of the inventions are existing things, but they're just our version of it. Some of them are completely new products that like, I mean, I didn't invent the ice pick, but I invented the concept of carrying it every day and always having one available to you. And it's funny, my buddy Ryan, who I very I see very infrequently, he's been working on a project in my shop. I watched him yesterday, and we never even talked about it. He pulled his ice pick out of his pocket 25 times while we were hanging out to do different things. And he never said, oh, I really love this thing. I was just like, it's funny, because I know how I use it. And watching him, I'm like, it's so cool that he pulls this, this thing out of his pocket 100 times to do little dumb things. And he never once said, oh, I love this ice pick. This is great. It's just part of his lexicon now that he just uses this. So we are all inventors of different things. And I think it's important to let us, you know, give yourself the, the okay to, to invent cool stuff. You know, that ice pick is so useful. I use it almost (laughs) in every single project. Just yesterday, I'm sharp. I made a bunch of those fancy pencils. And some pencils don't sharpen very well in the pencil sharpener, and the leads would get bro- would break off and jam up the pencil sharpener. So the first thing yeah. I go and grab is the ice pick to unjam the pencil <laughs> sharpener. The I, I have two of them. I have the small one and the big one. And the big one is it, it's really ugly right now because it's covered in in red ink from silk screening. I must have used yeah. it to stir ink or to clean something up, but it's yeah. always right there and it's always. If so you useful. saw mine. If you saw mine, it looks like I'm trying to inject an infection into somebody. It's covered <laughs> <in> <laughs> Gross. 
I, I, Taylor, Taylor pulled up to the shop the other day as I was peeling a hard-boiled egg in the morning and appealing the hot, like we're talking it through the window of a car and appealing the egg and there's like a good little bit. So I pulled my ice pick out and like yanked it out of the sheath with my available pinky and I'm like sweeping the, the egg, the hard-boiled egg off with the tip. She goes, you're going to eat that now? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, look at how dirty that ice pick is. It's like half rusty. It's got Bondo stirred still stuck on it. And I'm like, and then while I'm talking, I just take a big bite of the ice. Like, You're disgusting. <laughs> Did like the John Belushi. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, David, is is a, a product on your horizon? Is that something that you're interested in? Because, and, and well, I won't tell you why. I'm curious. I'm just curious. I would absolutely love to. I love the idea of going through the iterations and releasing something that is useful to other people. But I don't. I, I want to, and and hopefully someday I'm, I I do that. But I actually, I don't have an idea yet. I don't have the idea that I think is worth the the weeks or months or even years of of development to to get it to the, the point where it can get into people's hands. I want. I'm going to. I'm going to say this. I'm going to someday. It, it'll be. It's a goal, but I don't have that that idea yet. The golden night, mm-hmm. the golden ticket, the golden idea. Well, you know what it is. It's like you, I think all of us in everybody listening to you just got to like put that postulate out there and say, "This is something I want to do," and then you get your subconscious working on that in the background, and then all of a sudden one day you like you pick up, uh, you know. A ruler. I'm holding a. I'm holding my machinist ruler that I like. The engineer scale in my hand. You pick up a ruler and you're like, oh wow, wouldn't that be cool if that was just over there? And then you just you know hot glue it. Oh, oh yeah. Bob's been, his engineer scale. How yeah. cool is this one? Right. This is so They're much great, easier. Man. I've been it? using those for years. Oh, I bought that from uh, Woodland <laughs> oh, yeah. Highland Woodworking. The same one that <laughs> Dave is holding up. The uh, the the it's the Stanley it's anniversary the, edition. Yeah, the one set 175 year. Yeah, I bought ten of them, so I have them all over the place. <laughs> Does that have engineer scale on it too? No, I don't think so. No, it just has like the old timey one. Yeah, but the enge- I use I like the Stanley. I talked about it before. It's the 33-272 engineer scale Stanley power lock ruler. It's 12 feet. And it's got the half inch tape, and it's the- I've been using it for years. And it's funny. I got these by accident. I just looked on Amazon one day, and I was like, I need a bunch of rulers. So I need. I like this size, and I bought them. And ten of them showed up, and I'm like. What are these funny numbers on the bottom? Those aren't <laughs> rulers. This isn't a ruler. No, but clearly the top divisible is numbers. That's amazing. The I top have... is is the top is imperial and the bottom is engineer, which is basically tenths of an inch. Yeah, thousands have... of an inch. Okay, I have two two things that I wish I had in the shop. So um, this could be your product. Maybe you should. This could it. this could be. So FastCap makes a really really good tape measure that's a lefty righty so no matter what side yeah. you're looking on they make it, a whole series of them that are great that, yeah. so it's really good but as a woodworker i don't need a 12 foot one i just need a six foot one that fits into my pocket they don't make a small one and what i don't like about that particular tape measure is the snapback it takes your finger like it'll slice your finger yeah. off there's so much yeah. power like so the the perfect tape measure doesn't exist for me yet, and I've looked. There is no lefty righty small one that will fit into my pocket. And then combination combination squares, the 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 ruler part of that, I don't need thirty seconds. I just need one side that has sixteenths and the other side that has um, uh, eighths. And then right. I need it to be lefty righty, so no matter what side 
Like, but and that doesn't exist yet. You got to check Starrett because Starrett makes a I lot looked, of different little. T- I looked oh, really? and I really? didn't see one. I'll look again. Because when I was at Highland Woodworking in Atlanta, I went to, and I looked at the Starrett case, and I ended up buying a six-inch ruler that has thirty seconds, you know, sixty-fourths, one twenty-eighths, and just eighths. So it's got on each four four sides, it's got different stuff. But I was going to say for your for your twelve-foot ruler, this probably won't solve the problem, and it's a stupid solution, but. <laughs> Cut it, re-put the tip, grind the tip off, and reinstall it at six feet. And just remember, six is one, seven is two, <laughs> eight is three. Just remember that, and everything's going to be perfect. Well, so, like, you can – so if you take a and then, and measure then, – And then the spring tension will be twice as hard as it would be if you yeah. were the first time. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. At the end of the, the thing where it wraps around on the inside, it has, like, a – well, the one that I took apart and re recovered had um, a slot in the tape and then almost like a T-shape cut at the end of it. So it wraps yeah. around the pole, the center pole in the center of it, and kind of locks into itself. And you could totally do that again. Oh, yeah. Just cut the tape. Punch that yeah, out. cut yeah. the tape at like six foot six. And but, then grind, like with a Dremel, you can grind that T-shape into it and then reinstall it. But that doesn't change the shape of the casing, which is actually the problem, right? That's You don't care to have 12 feet. You just want a yeah. smaller casing for the thing. Yeah. Because uh, several years ago, I took a small tape measure, tape measure, like a one of the ones that's like a quarter inch wide, and took it out of its metal case and made a little walnut case for it. Oh, I remember you did that video. Yeah, and that was really nice. I don't even know what happened to that thing. I lost it somewhere. But it was nice to have one that was that thin because I made the case quite a bit thinner than it was originally. Um, See, that, that's a good way to innovate, is to pick a subject, like something we use all use every day, and we just leave it up to the factories to manufacture these stupid things. Like, I, I remember getting one from Milwaukee. They sent me a bunch for free of this, like, new carpenter's ruler. Dave Welder and I got brand new rulers from Milwaukee. They sent them to me when I had, like, a three-second relationship with them. And so you get this big, bulky 25-foot tape. You pull it out halfway across a sheet of plywood, and you let it go with the lock on. And guess what? This one pound thing just flops over on its side. And we're like, how could this be a brand new innovative ruler if you can't pull it all the way out and just let it go and it doesn't just sit on its own butt? You let it go because the yeah. bottom was rounded so it fits in your hand because somebody who never used the tool, like, wouldn't it be great if it fits in your hand? They don't realize you don't walk around with it like it's a mm-hmm. like an exercise grip. And they made the bottom rounded. So you pull it out, you let it go, and it just kabunk, flops over to the side. It drove us crazy. I actually glued a piece of plastic to the bottom. So when you pull it out, let it go. It stays sitting on its butt. So stuff like that just drives me crazy when people who don't actually use the tools try and innovate on them. So the, the, Another thing that drives me nuts about all tape measures is the first half inch of the tape measure is unusable because it's covered up with that, with that little notch. Yep. And I'm doing so many things where I, I need to set my table saw fence to three eighths but i can't use the tape measure so i have to go get the combination square because yep. i can't see the tick marks i don't know which one's the eighth which one's the 16th you know right. I, I can count why is that not on the bottom of the tape there's no reason i mean it could be riveted on the bottom <gasps> side just as easily you just invented something new i right <laughs> <laughs> right well i they, mean they they give you those little numbers that just that kind of bleed up above honestly you could you could just drill out the rivets and re-rivet it. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I may do that today. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only problem you'll have, which is not unsolvable, is that you'll have that open edge of the tape in space. It might get 
clipped on stuff. But if you remake right. that tip to have like a little shield to cover just the open ends of the, the actual steel tape, you'll be fine. So maybe so, the little L-shaped tip has to be more of a T. It needs to yeah, have like with a tiny a upper T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. They do make them so that they, they'll take that thing. That's another innovation I think that I first saw on a Milwaukee where they cut a little tongue out and flip the tongue all the way up. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm putting two fingers one way, two fingers the other way, one finger the other way, so that you can cook up underneath something or on top of something and the mm. tape will still read face the sky. Yeah. So there's a lot of innovations in a tape measure and any one of us in this community could really make that cool breakthrough thing that makes it the cool factor that we all need. And then you start a Kickstarter on Indiegogo and then you make the, the tape measure that just follows you around. Like you could put some electronics in it and everywhere you go, it's just hovering like about a foot away from your waist. doesn't hang Drone on tape. your waist. That's it. That's what you need. Or like, you know, you hang it around your neck like, like I wear my GoPro all the time. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you put a clip on both sides. <laughs> you got really excited there for a second. <laughs> it's built into your pants, so it actually yeah. is running down the seam of your leg. So you, there's no like thing. You just pull it out of your pocket. And you well, my my it. open source invention that I came up with a couple of years ago. Now I don't know if I invented it, but I was the first person I ever saw using it. I used to do it with these all the time. I still have the original one. I just kind of I retire things. I just like okay, this is the last time I'm going to use it. I leave it in a drawer. And so my original one that I made, I wrapped the whole thing with a piece of belt and I glue the belt in. And I've actually, I glue it, I epoxy it. It's got a big leather loop that goes around the whole thing so I can wear it on my belt. It never comes off my belt. My tape measure is always on my belt because it's looped through and I pull the tape out, but the tape eventually gets damaged because I'm always pulling it around my waist and it eventually wears and cracks and breaks. And then I'll take a screwdriver, pry the leather epoxy off right where the logo is so the logo will split apart and then I'm able to just glue another one right inside of it. So I went through about three rulers on that same piece of leather loop. So the idea of a, of a tape measure that never leaves your side. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that, a, is that a patentable invention? I don't know. It's, it's, Maybe it's just a different material that can take that, that bend around your waist over and over and over again. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's a, that's a, a, you know, air quotes, innovation that, I showed on YouTube years ago, and I see a lot of people have, have used it, and I'm happy to, to, to see people using that idea. But maybe there's one really cool thing that is going to warrant a Kickstarter for rulers. Hmm. That's just a, just putting yeah. it out there. You know, the way that just as a thought process where the, the idea of inventing something isn't so, isn't so far away from any one of us. Yeah. Talking about you yeah. and listening in your car. I think... Um, in our space, at least for me, I don't know how long this dream of making YouTube videos is going to last. Like, it could last right. two years. It could last 20 years. I have no idea. So, for me to put products out there that's going to ensure that I'm able to ha- do this for the rest of my life is, is really important to me. So, that's why I'm working on the third book. That's why I sell plants. That's why I'm constantly, like, thinking beyond woodworking and doing other things. Right, and yeah. the way technology well, is now, we're able to do this stuff. We can prototype things in our shops with three totally. printers and C- CNCs and laser cutters. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And people always say, "What do you think about the maker movement?" Like, I mean, like it's anything less than positive. But I always say, "Could you imagine the fifteen, ten, twelve-year-olds now in twenty years? What their minds are going to be creating, doing, cre- creating jobs, creating new innovations, creating new technologies." 
simply because you put a set of Legos in front of them when they're six years old, and then they got the bug to then learn CNC, then learn laser. Another interesting thing about making it this year, which is on the topic, they have a a 3D printer, they're going to have a a laser on set, and they're going to have a CNC on set. Hmm. So I am not going to have any free time. I'm going to constantly be playing behind the Mm -hmm. scenes, innovating, making shop tchotchkes on each one of those objects. So that's going to be a lot of fun for me to have those three things and free time. Hmm. It's going to be good. Free time while you're getting paid to be on a TV show. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. ironic. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So this time around, this, it's going to be a very, very fruitful experience, I believe. So I'm excited. Actually, hmm. when they told me they had a 3D printer and they told me they had a a, C, uh, a laser, I was like, oh, you don't want to, do you guys want to CNC? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> look, I'll look into it. And so I, I, I emailed my friends over at Shop and I'm like, hey, you guys want to be on TV? They're like, sure. And so I'm like, all right, call, call Cecilia over here. So I hooked them up. And so they're going to send over a, a desktop max, which is two feet by four feet. So, so what, gonna... what you did there was maybe inadvertently was made yourself the person that everybody's going to have to go through to get CNC work done. Yeah. You know that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, <laughs> because, which is cool. I mean, some of the, you know, mind. who knows who the, the cast is going to be and they may have experience with that and they may not, but that's going to put yeah. you in a position to be able to like teach that and enable them yeah. to get something out of a machine that they may not have been able to otherwise. That's cool. Yep, exactly. And um, I'm bringing my, my, uh, my uh, what is he, my I, IBM workbook? Is that what it's called? What? Sure. Like, we all have MacBook, but the ThinkPad, IBM makes the ThinkPad. The ThinkPad, yeah. yeah. I have a ThinkPad, which has all my CNC files on it for the last three years. So I'm going to bring that with me. So anything I've ever made on my CNC machine that you might have seen on YouTube or anything is all on that computer through ShopBot. So I'm going to be able to have all those files for me to play with while I'm there. Hmm. So, so yeah. are you going to, so, are you going to bring your illustrator computer and your Photoshop computers as well? <laughs> I, I, I am. Yeah, I'm, so I'm going to have like a library. Don't, you know, you ever see- don't forget your Skype computer. Cause we won't be able to record the podcast. <laughs> if we don't have that one. <laughs> I will have two computers with me, my ThinkPad <laughs> and my MacBook. And I think I might buy, because I hung out with Jocko on the airplane and every time we innovated and thought of stuff, he he whipped out his big, uh, what is it? Pro pad? What are those things called? <laughs> iPad Pro. <laughs> yeah, his big oh. iPad Pro with, with the whippy pen. Yeah, that's what it's called. That's absolutely what it's called. With the whippy pen, <laughs> whippy pen. Yep. And so I might go buy one of those. I, I was using my uh, my little my little white sketchy pad thing for about eight months. I forget what that's called. Like you draw. Oh on yeah. The tablet. Yeah. The, the one thing I didn't like about it is it, it doesn't interface with Mac technology so i kind of i, I kind of set it on the side because i was drawing pictures on it and then i was just taking a picture of the screen mm. so i was drawing on my my thinky book but i don't know what the hell it's called <laughs> that's no you're good keep going yeah, yeah. the white thinky book whatever it's called so i was drawing pictures on it digitally and then taking pictures just so that's what i do on a napkin i'm in a restaurant i draw a picture on a napkin and then I just take a picture of it. So here I am drawing on a $500 thinky pad with a, with a thinky pen and I take a picture of it. So I'm doing the same thing I would do anyway. So I'm like, what am I using this thing for? This is ridiculous. Cause I can't interface with all my other technology. Yeah. So now I'm going to get a Mackie thinky pad with a whippy pen and that's what I'm going to use when I'm going. <laughs> oh man. Yep. Sounds good. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually I have, um, Jenny got me a, an Apple Pencil. I know, David, you've had one for a long time, but Jenny got me one for Christmas. And I've been using it quite a bit to sketch out ideas and stuff. Just trying to, for the same reason, like I've got a million paper pads everywhere, but I'm trying to keep it all in one place, and that helps me 
organize yeah. it a little bit better. And I and I was watching over Jocko's shoulder while we were drawing and talking. He was thinking of stuff and we were thinking of stuff and he was sketching out while we talked. And I watch him draw a line and then he pauses and then the line goes bink straight. And then he draws another line and he pauses and the line goes bink straight. I'm like, I gotta get one of these things. Whoa, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. That. Yeah. So it, it like it, it corrects your line for you, which I was like, that is cool. <laughs> cool. Um, you got anything, any other, uh, product talk ideas? If I can just say a little, uh, inspirational thing, I think everybody has the ability to come up with an invention. So we're all, everybody's who's watching from the sidelines, jump in, come up with something. And I think it, I agree with you. And I also think that there's room just for improvement on things. Like you don't necessarily Absolutely. have to start from Absolutely. scratch and make a new, like if you look at, um, the guys from, uh, Modern Maker podcast. They've started a company called Maker Brand Co. And yep. they're making better clamps and they are making better finish. It's not, they didn't invent a new clamp. They're just making right. better ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that's totally a way to to be able to like add value and create a product that's going to make Apple people did not invent the touchscreen phone. True. Very true. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, what have you guys been watching? Actually, before that, let me thank Patreon supporters. Got ahead of myself. Um, big thanks to everybody that's helping us out over there, especially our top supporters. Wise Old Dal, uh, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Caleb Harris, Maker in Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, and Make, Build, Modify. Uh, they're our top supporters, but we really are grateful for everybody over there at all levels. And everybody that supports us, even for a dollar, gets the after show, which is usually secrety stuff. <laughs> and... Uh, more of us talking and stuff sounds better than I'm making it sound right now, but yeah, you should <laughs> check it out. Um, anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash making it if you want to help us out or you can just share the show, leave us a review, all that type of stuff. That would be cool. Hmm. Okay. I, I got, I got something really good and I did a little Instagram on it this week. James Victory. I've talked about him maybe once or twice over the last couple of years. James Victory is a teacher at the School of Visual Arts. He's no longer there, like I'm no longer there, but we we were colleagues at the same time. And we never really got to know each other because just like life is in New York City, you go do your thing and somebody's doing the same thing parallel to you and you never actually cross paths. But we had several students and he would hear about me through the student and I would hear about him through the same students. And so we always, we, we were kind of like, brothers in space. And then now because of Instagram, we did meet one time at a, at an open gallery show for school of visual arts. So we got to at least shake hands and say hello. And then Instagram kicked in for both of us. And then we became friends through Instagram. And now we talk through Instagram and we we're like Instagram bros. And he sent me a, a an early release of his new book called Feck per function. You could imagine that's like a mixed up jumble of, of a different phrase. And the book is amazing. And it says everything that we've all been saying. And he puts it, he encapsulates it. And the best thing I love about the book is you can just grab it and open it to any page. And there's a complete capsulated thought on that page, or at least between that and the next page across the crotch of the book. And if you turn the page, there's a completely new thought. So it's perfect for someone like me who occasionally will open a novel and just start reading. Like if I get into a novel, I get bored with reading it linearly. I'll just literally just crack it open to a chapter that's like 20 chapters ahead and just read that whole thing. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm hooked. Now I want to know what happened. So then I go back like two chapters and read that chapter. So that's how I'm like, I I, I can't. That's a really weird way to read. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's how it keeps my, my attention. So <laughs> that's what I love about his book is you don't have to start at page one and go to page two and so on and so on. Obviously, that it's designed to work that way, but it's also designed to work like if you took a book and threw it in a blender and then pulled out any page. And then there's a, a, a like every page I've opened and read so far, I wanted to Instagram, but I want people also to buy the book so mm. they don't get mad at me. So it's 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 amazing. It's exactly what a lot of people meet, need, including me from time to time. We all get lazy and we think, oh, this is it. Uh, my, my arrows are all red this week. What I'm going to just go quit everything. But you read the book and gives you that recharge you need. So check it out. It's I think it comes out March 5th. Is that today or tomorrow? Mm, tomorrow. That's tomorrow. What's yeah. the name of the book again? Feck Perfunction. Just Google James Victory. It's probably for pre-sale. I don't know how to spell Feck. F-E-C-K. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. David, what you got, David? Uh, my pick this week is Andrew Klein's Indiegogo campaign for the pencil sled. So... I, I not much else I can say except go watch his videos, check it out. It's pretty slick. Sweet. Um, so I saw a cool little video from you guys know William Walker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I finally got to meet William at WorkbenchCon this past weekend. He's he makes really good videos, great woodworking videos. There's a lot of good tips on things. He had a video a long time ago about a joiner, and it just explained in super basic, like normal human, non-fine woodworker language, like what a joiner does, how it works, the best way to set it up, and all that type of stuff. And it was really succinct. It wasn't like a big, long, crazy video about it. He did another one on a card scraper, oh, which yeah, is great. Oh, yeah, the card scraper is – I just – I watched the video the other day. And, it's I mean, great. it's a simple thing. I, I knew the stuff that he was talking about, but it was really cool to have, like, here's a succinct way to set up a card scraper. Here's why it's good. Go use it. And it's a really short video. It's like six minutes, but it's very useful. So, um, yeah. If you get into using a card scraper as a woodworker, it'll change your life. Like you'll never reach for the sander again. It's, it, it's so – a good fine-tuned card scraper works so well. Yeah. Just getting that cool. – getting a fine-tune is the hard part for me. Yeah. He has a really simple method um, you know, to, to get it ready, so ready to use. Cool. Um you guys got anything else for this hmm. week? That was a good one. Yeah. Need sure. to make that tape measure now. <laughs> yeah. We'll all come I back with see like an adventure from everybody. <laughs> Next week, I want to see an adventure from everybody. <laughs> That's Great. your homework. homework. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, um, I guess that's it. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Love you. I Jimmy love inventing. you.